heard the phrase off the bandwagon, right? It means to stop supporting something that is popular. But where did it come from? The answer to that question, my friends, is Hugh Jackman. And by that, I do mean the greatest showman, P.T. Barnum. He would parade through towns on wagons decorated with colorful banners as a way to advertise his traveling circus. Politicians took notice of this PR tactic and started doing it as well with supporters literally hopping on the bandwagon to cheer on their candidates. But if they changed their minds or saw a better option, they would hop off and switch sides. That sounds right. Or is it that off the bandwagon actually has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with alcohol? You see, during the temperance movement in the early 1900s, there were water wagons that traveled through town advocating for sobriety, urging people to get on the wagon. Of course, not everyone could resist the temptation, and many would literally fall off the wagon. That sounds right. And yeah, yeah, it's actually the politics one. But let's be honest, the booze cruise one sounded pretty real. Am I right? Every week, I am joined by a celebrity guest, and we will take turns separating the fact from fiction and maybe even making up some fiction along the way. I'm Andrew Keenan-Bolger, and this is That Sounds Right. Y'all, I have a real treat for you today because today I am joined in the studio by none other than my sisters, Maggie and Celia Keaton-Bulger. Yay! <laughs> Maggie is an actress, activist, and teaching artist. She has appeared on TV in The Good Wife and co-founded the theater company Honest Accomplice Theater, which presents work created by women and trans people, including the plays The Birds and the Bees Unabridged, Reconfigured, and the online educational series The Transliteracy Project. Celia is a Tony Award-winning actress who has appeared on Broadway in To Kill a Mockingbird, The Glass Menagerie, Peter and the Starcatcher, and Spelling Bee. You can also see her on TV in HBO Max's The Gilded Age, where she plays Mrs. Bruce. Or just Miss Bruce, I guess. You're not married. Mrs. Oh, it is Mrs. Bruce. Correct. Did you just reveal a plot twist? <laughs> Something I've never considered. Where <laughs> she plays Mrs. You heard Bruce. Of your folks. <laughs> Season two coming soon. And actually has a podcast of her own called Sunday Pancakes, where she has these beautiful intimate chats with her fancy friends about humanity and connection. You should definitely check it out. Maggie and Celia, thank you so much for being here. So I'm excited to be here. Oh my goodness. Um, now, when we were growing up, um, we were very close, but that also means that we on occasion uh, would troll each other like a fair amount. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. um, now that sounds right. Is all about lying and storytelling. Do you remember any big lies that we may have told each other growing up? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was it a, was a we very, honest very honest family. family. <laughs> nope. Um, I remember a uh, certain uh, theme that Andrew uh had which was to um make up song lyrics and oh, then no. insist that those were the accurate uh song lyrics give us just a few insist oh, no. uh one was uh the very culturally appropriate uh uh song uh that the siamese cats sing and in the tramp yeah uh, we are siamese if you please dun, yep. dun, dun, dun. We, we are very siamese. good at making coleslaw Yes, Andrew. It in sounded like they were making coleslaw. Insisted. That sounds that right, right? That sounds right. Insisted. <laughs> I um, also remember from my um around, I don't know, you know, like 13 or 14 when I was like, I think my I'm getting a mustache. I think my my hair on my upper lip is dark. Oh my gosh, and so I, I started this. bleaching my mustache and 
Maggie and Andrew would see it and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm growing a mustache. And they were like, ha, 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 ha. But what is it really for? And I was like, I'm growing in a mustache. And they were like, wait, really? And I was like, mm-hmm. And that I never really, I don't know for that like I For like weeks. You're <laughs> just, I'm just now learning <laughs> that you are not. No, I do remember. I think I may have even said that to someone at school too. <laughs> You know, They're my like, sister tried to wait, grow a mustache when she was 14, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I feel like, Maggie, you were maybe the most honorable of us. Agreed. I was trying to think of lies that you oh, told. I, I remember one that I don't even know if <laughs> oh boy. I'm about to come clean now. Oh, no. Uh, so I definitely remember at one point putting toothpaste on your door handle <gasps> wait what and uh you of course like uh got it and flipped out and mom came up to me and she was like maggie did you put toothpaste and i was like did it himself <gasps> and now he's saying that i did it and also oh because God, andrew was so naughty me. i'm sure and maggie That's was like a little perfect lying angel. plus gaslighting <laughs> that's right Oh my gosh. I well, fully got away with it. Luckily, I don't remember that at all. So <laughs> I love the idea that the worst thing you could do to your sibling is be like, I'm going to put toothpaste <laughs> on there. And that you then oh freaked gosh. out. That you're like, what's this toothpaste doing here? <laughs> oh, wait. I know a really good lie Celia told. Yes. Celia, it. when she found out Maggie was being born, she had been an only child and you bit your arm in oh, kindergarten yes. and another kid did it. Craig McIntosh, who used to eat the pencil shavings out of the pencil sharpener. Oh, no. He was like a bad kid. Maggie was born. Melvin Jefferson and I were next to each other <laughs> during nap time. And he was like, you should bite your arm and say Craig did it. And I was like, yeah, did it. Craig got in really big trouble. I then told Nelson Ropke. <gasps> and then Nelson Ropke told his mom and his mom told my mom. And I remember Maggie was like a tiny, tiny baby in mom's lap. And mom was like, so I, I heard that you bit your arm. And I was like, I didn't. I didn't do it. And she was like, I know that you did. And I was like, I didn't. And it was, there is something about that age or about being a kid where you're just like, yeah. it's just better to stick with the lie. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> there is, there's clearly no doubt that this is, you know, on me but uh, yeah I also um cut I like got a um <laughs> I wound my finger around like the very front part of my hair uh -huh. so much that it got into like a huge knot and I was like oh gosh I gotta get this out of here <gasps> and just safety cut. scissors so I had like a sprout oh no of hair coming out of my forehead and <laughs> mom would be like what happened and I was like there what do you mean and she was like what did you do and I was like they're ba <laughs> they're baby bangs <laughs> You were not wrong. Oh, wow. Well, this is going to be a fun game in part because I feel like we have a long history of lying to each other, but I feel like we also similarly know each other's lies, which is that tricky. Is very true. I feel like you know all my tricks. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think we should get into the game. Yes, yep. please. Um, so here are the rules, and it's a little bit different this time. Uh, we're each going to have our cards with an idiom or a common phrase written on it, along with the actual origin story. And we're going to get a few minutes uh, to review the actual origin, uh, make some notes, and decide if you're going to be telling the real story or if you think you can do better than history and make one up. Either way, we will have to convince each other that our story is the real one. But because there are three people here, um, 
it means that Maggie and Celia are going to be working as a team to come up with their story. Just Which, to bring up an old yeah, family I was dynamic. Say, n- yeah. Not a trend at all in our, in our family. <laughs> Y'all are a- always ganging <laughs> up on me. <laughs> That's right. So we are going to take a quick break and get to thinking. And when we come back, we will take turns separating the fact from the funny. All right, I'm going to kick things off here and tell you the backstory of the common phrase, crying wolf. Ooh. Okay, so most people assume that the phrase crying wolf comes from the Aesop's fable, the boy who cried wolf. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually somewhat apocryphal. Aesop did write a bunch of fables. I'm just going to stop you right there. We say Aesop. Aesop? (laughs) Aesop. Aesop? Aesop. Okay. (laughs) It's going great. She fully called you out on that. Aesop. (laughs) Well, he wrote a lot of fables. That old Aesop. It's Missouri. This is going great. I'm I am three sentences in. We've got a lot, we've got many more minutes. So sorry. Okay, so Aesop he wrote a bunch of fables back in ancient Greece, and basically throughout history, um, more and more have been attributed to him, often inspired by real life events. Uh, and so this one particular one actually was inspired by a real life event that happened in France in the 1700s. Of course, it was in France. Oh yes, in France. Um, are either of you familiar with? The Wild Beast of Javadan. <laughs> I want to be. Oh, I, I thought maybe, Maggie, you I would mean, know this. I feel like you I listen to a, a lot of podcasts. Of it, it's very possible. Well, buckle up, sisters, because this is made of nightmare fuel. Oh, no. The Beast of Javadan was a wild man-eating beast yes. that had a kill count of 500 people <laughs> in the French province of Javadan. Um I am so serious. This is this really happened. Um, there, he was like described as he or she um, was or described. <laughs> yes, girl boss wolf um, was described as wolf like, but like bigger, mixed with um, a striped hyena, mixed with I assume a honey badger. <laughs> um, just very ferocious In temperament. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and. The first victim was a lovely shepherdess named Fifi Levo. Of course, her name was Fifi. Her name was Fifi Levo. And she was out tending to her sheep out in the fields in her little French. Shepherds. A shepherdess. Yes. Actually, in France, it was common for the youngest. I heard you talking smack. (laughs) Just going to correct the record. It was commonplace for the youngest daughter. Oh. Of any family to be the person who tends to the sheep. Um, so Fifi, that would have been you, Maggie. Yeah, that would have been you. I mean, I wouldn't. You would have loved that job. Yeah, frankly. That, that job sounds for you. like my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so Fifi, who I assume will be played by Millie Bobby Brown, probably in the uh, Netflix mini series right. version. <laughs> um, she's singing a gentle lullaby to does her Mi- sheep. Oh, she does sing. She does. Yes. Sing. Yeah, she sings. Yeah, she's yes, a in the Ryan That's Murphy perfect. version, she sings. Um. <laughs> When all of a sudden a shadow appears behind her and she feels a sharp pain in her back, she turns around and is met with the sight of a pair of flashing red glowing eyes and gnashing yellowy teeth. Is this CGI or is it a real effect? No, 
this is a practical. They found the actual beast yes. to play this. Yes. Um, and she cries out, Wolf! <laughs> but it's in French. And he, I don't actually know. What, what, what is the French word for wolf? Wolf. <laughs> yes. Oh, I bet it's like wolf, but it's like got an O-E-U at the beginning. That's right. Oof. We all well, studied Spanish. Yeah, the French <laughs> listeners right now are screaming yeah, at their right. iPhones. Furious. They're like, I hate these siblings. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is too late for the neighbors to hear her. The Beast of Jardin has claimed its first victim. Now, every night for the next few nights, the Beast returns, picking off another young shepherdess. And it creates an absolute hysteria throughout the province of Jardin. That then became known as the Javadan hysteria. Real thing. I feel like y'all are giving me the look when I'm telling a lie and you're like, uh-huh, just buckle up. Just keep listening. This <laughs> gets mean, even I'm better. This gets even better and more real. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> yes, terrifying. So Javadan hysteria, it, it basically was um, all of these people literally crying wolf anytime any animal would just show up in their backyard and they it could be a deer it could be a household pet um just crying wolf they're certain that they've spotted the beast and the neighbors all come running meanwhile the beast is slinking out of the forest and claiming yet another victim now this goes on for years like how many are we talking fully, like? we're talking like 3 to 4 mm-hmm. doesn't say on my if we have column, 500 victims 500, we can do our it's math. Like literally almost one a day is <laughs> It's very terrifying. And so much so that eventually King Louis XIV, um, he puts a bounty out on this wolf and says, someone's got to put a stop to this. Um, there are so many people crying wolf. It is just insane. And eventually a local hunter named uh, Henry Chastain. <laughs> Jessica's great, yes. great, great, great. It's unclear great, if there's great. a... If there's a connection yes, between people the two of them. did describe him as very versatile. Oh, wonderful. With an incredible, like, emotionally rich core. So and I, a beautiful head of red hair. Beautiful ginger <laughs> curls. Um, yeah, so the family resemblance was there. Eventually, he is the one who slays the beast. Oh. Um, and weirdly, they... Never bothered giving it to a scientist, so we still I, I do say, not know. No, no who, autopsy or anything. No but... autopsy. Mm. Uh, maybe turned into a rug, um, <laughs> but we still to this day do not even know what it is. All we know is that one of its greatest contributions not only is a full onslaught of murder in the province of Shevardan. Contribution. The other contribution is inspiring. <laughs> the phrase "crying wolf," on which. Whoever was the old publishers of Aesop's Fables, <laughs> there it is, decided to include a fable in the next edition of the books for the kitties. Wow. That Losers. is the story of how the phrase crying wolf came to be. Now, if y'all would like, um, you can ask me some more questions. Put me in the hot seat. Uh, there's some just suggested topics, perhaps. Well, what do you think this animal was? Um, I think that this was a werewolf sent straight from Satan. Wow. <laughs> My favorite part of that story, to be clear, were the red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they were nature? flashing. <laughs> they were flashing red eyes. <laughs> I can just hear a really bad haunted house. Like, one of those, like, animatronic. animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for, again to the French listeners yeah, sorry, for sticking with us on this one. Um, what? Um, when was the last time you used this phrase? Oh, I feel like I I use this phrase a lot. Um, probably most recently, uh, I canceled on plans from a couple friends because I really wanted to stay in and watch some prestige TV. There's a lot of prestige TV to catch up on. And I said I was sick. Mm. And then the next day I got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last time I cried wolf. Uh Uh-huh. Um, do you need to confer with each other to decide if this is real or I I don't really think we need to, but where are you landing on this, Maggie? I mean, (laughs) is this some... I know animals, <laughs> and there is no honey badger wolf zebra hybrid to be. I found. said hyena. It was not a zebra. <laughs> Zebras are calm and docile. Hyenas will steal a baby leopard cub away from its mother. Pardon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hyena, honey badger, wolf <laughs> hybrid mm-hmm. to be found. Mm-hmm. And if there was only one, that would be. Highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is, um, it seems so insane to me that that's the only thing that I'm like, is this for real? <laughs> um, but I think that my gut goes with you that yeah. we're um... also the flashing red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if I am foiled by these flashing red eyes, I'm telling you what, folks. <laughs> um... Of everything that was hard to believe in that story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so you can either say that sounds right or that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yes, no, it actually comes from the Aesop fable, the boy who cried wolf, who wrote it way back in ancient Greek times. But that to me did not seem that interesting <laughs> and kind of obvious. Did you see the slight defensiveness? <laughs> this is also not something familiar. to play out. Well, here's the trick, y'all. This is only partially false the beast of the jevedan story that's real i that, that happened i believed that that i was like this is too crazy oh yeah i have listened to many podcasts about this thank you for stuff i missed in history class and i'm sorry for a, a gross misapproximation of some of these facts <laughs> i was playing pretty fast and loose but i think it there really was a beast that they do not know what it was and it it killed like i mean it maybe it wasn't 500 but it killed it like a whole a town decent- uh, number yeah, that's real. Man. Yeah, that's wild. So a partial. Lie. I mean, it was probably a <laughs> wolf. <laughs> it was probably a wolf or a bear. It was a. It was like something with rabies. rabies. I assume. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah did um, but I do believe one of the kings couldn't say which Louis something or other mm-hmm. did Justine. put out a bounty. Yes, and and Jessica Chastain's <laughs> great, 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 um, uh, all right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will hear Maggie and Celia's story. Get ready. Okay, so we're going to tell you about the idiom, when, when pigs, pigs fly, fly. which so, was a gift. Yes, because um, do you remember when dad gave us bandanas, 
and told us that if we stood outside, speaking of family lies, that if we stood outside on the lawn and held the bandanas in the air, that Mary Poppins would come and get us. I had never heard this. I can't tell if you're lying to me right now. <laughs> no. No, this one was real. fully did this. Oh, my God. I do not remember that. We stood out there for what felt like a good long time. <laughs> was there any reason? I'm sure he well, just wanted, yeah. Babysitting? Nature can go babysit you. is that we heard what the truth of this is, and I was like, that is where dad came up with, with holding up a handkerchief. No way. So he basically, apparently... This, so the story goes is that there was like in some like, I don't know, the, be the beginning of the 1800s, uh -huh. 1816, oh. um, there as like people were sort of getting their lives together in America, they were all these women who were, were doing much more farm work than they ever had before. Sure. And that children in order, like children would work starting, I don't know, at like age 10 but before that, there were lots of kids and they couldn't get them outside. And the saying went. So the, the moms would tell the children in order to get them outside because they were in the house and just causing a ruckus. Mm -hmm. And they so would say, the moms would say, get, get the, the pig, pig to, to fly and you shall have some pie. <laughs> And thus came all of these crazy ways that children would go out onto a farm <laughs> and, and try and make a poor piggy fly. Oh, and you no. can imagine <laughs> kids uh, just hurling pigs off of roofs. And uh, I mean, I can't imagine the poor, I mean, PETA would have a fit. The poor, like, great. no, the poor... <laughs> casualties of these pigs that must have come from uh this this idiom uh and in order to get some pie however uh you know and you know obviously spoiler alert pigs do not do not fly fly um but luckily, uh, you know, as much as the children would, you know, throw them or toss them or tie them to chickens or do whatever it was <laughs> they had to do in order to attempt to get the pig to fly, they luckily uh, did what they wanted and they were out of, of the, the house. house. So our dad was doing some version <laughs> of some 1800s <laughs> farm mother getting her kid out to see... If you can get the pig to fly, you shall have some pie. You shall have some pie. <laughs> then you and can she get... never even ever had to make a pie. Correct. Exactly. And she's like, those kids are going to be out of my hair. And also, I'm going to get my work done and I don't have to make a pie. Oh, my gosh. That's like early mommy blogging. That's right. It's like, I've cracked the code, y'all. <laughs> that's right. Is there anything else that we forgot here? Yeah. No, that's it. Well, do you have any like... What's like a pop culture reference where someone oh, might have used the phrase frosting. when pigs fly? Um, It was... <laughs> Oh, this was like, this is a strange one where there was like, um, in an, I guess, as a, a, a guy would be going through town, he would find kids outside and say, are y'all trying to get the pigs to fly? <laughs> and the kids would be like, yes. <laughs> Which is how it ended up being sort of, I guess, truncated into the like. And then as he was walking away, he's like, 
When pigs fly. When pigs fly. <laughs> How did this like catch on? I'm so curious. Well, I think there were so many farmers, and my guess is like when you see someone throwing pigs off of a roof. The neighbors take notice, and oh, yeah. so it probably, like, got passed on. And... It also feels like a crazy moment where, like, women were able to, like, have an impact on the culture in a way that actually had to do with getting children out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like the, that, the, that actually did catch on in a way that then entered into the whole, in, how how do you Community. say? Community. Well, Slash. it was also a time when, like, Community was way more important than it yeah, is I guess now. That's true. Like, that's true. Fam- and family as well, where mm-hmm. people relied way more on family. Yeah, now <laughs> who needs family? <laughs> Get out of here, <laughs> individuals. Oh, this is a hard one because at first I thought you were going to say that our dad invented with pigs fly, <laughs> and I was going to be like, "You I dumb dumbs." I, I should explain the rules a little bit more clearly. <laughs> But it was so crazy that we have a personal experience to this story. That was the thing that I was like, this is kind of Okay, I'll be honest. I was was sniffing a lie up until I heard the phrase, if you get the piggies to fly, fly, then you shall have some Then you shall have some... This is where I'm calling it because I feel like ye is very old English and I'm not sure that that was in use in 1800s. Early 1800s. Early 1800s America. So I'm going to call, uh, that doesn't sound right on this one. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> nice. Well, you know what, sisters? I'm really glad that um, we are both able to detect the lies. I do think, yeah. I also just want to say that ours has nothing to do with the actual Yeah, wait, thing. what is the real one? Okay, Maggie, we'll start. The root of this expression is found in John Withall's A Short... A shorty, shorty dictionary. A shorty dictionary for young beginners. <laughs> a Latin English dictionary published in 1616. Oh, pigs yeah. fly in the air with their tails forward, meaning pigs are not only flying through the air, but they're also doing it backward. Comparing someone's idea to flying pigs has the mm-hmm. connotation of ridicule or derision. I am shocked that you did not want to make up a story about a 16th century Latin like wordsmith. Well, <laughs> we were like our dad. That's where the idea of that dad. is. Wait, and, and that story is true too. The Mary Poppins story. Yeah, I never heard 100%. that story. Hundred percent. I do remember us remember... getting bandanas. <laughs> I vividly remember wow. standing outside oh, with holding rich. up a bandana, waiting for Mary Poppins. Okay, well, I have some good news because um, Mary we Poppins have a tiebreaker. Mary Poppins is our next guest on the pod. <laughs> Here she is. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> no Emily Blunt. It's no, great. we've it's got great. It's it's okay. Emily it's Blunt. Uh, that's, that's good. still good. That's still good. Um, no, we have um a tiebreaker. Oh, um, no. so we get to go into a bonus round <laughs> where our producer is going to read us an obscure and very strange law, and we have each been given a buzzer. So this is every sibling out for themselves. Yes, and you each get to buzz in to guess if that sounds right or that sounds wrong. Now we have personalized all of the buzzers for you. I'm not sure if Maggie and Celia have the correct one, but we'll just go for it. Great, great, Maggie, great. do you want to go first and play your buzzer into the mic? Yes. <laughs> that one was for Celia. <laughs> That's an inside joke that will take too long to explain. Except that Andrew and I were out to eat and 
the, the waitress kept calling us ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my first trips to New York, feeling really cool. Like I was at a like adult restaurant. And they're like, "What can I get you, ladies?" And eventually, I think she noticed and was like, "Sorry, sorry." And for whatever reason, Celia and I still say that to each other. Just, sorry. Sorry. Yes. Yep. When I was, uh, I don't know, seven, uh, Celia dared me to touch a dead bird and then told me I had the dead bird touch and now she has the dead God bird touch. It. Oh, yep. Literally every note we write to each other at the end, it's like, I love you so much. P.S. You have the dead bird touch. All right. And my buzzer is. I'm the favorite. Yep. <laughs> I don't think we need an explanation. Unbelievable. We are right here. We are right here. All right. So we are going to have our producer read us a strange law. Oh, I can't wait. All right, can you guys hear me? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, true or false? In California, it is illegal to own or sell silly string. True. Ding, 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 you're a winner. And Maggie is the winner. Oh, Wait, well, let's do one yeah, more to see. Let's do one more to see who's in second place. Oh, oh my. Okay. Okay. In Alabama, you cannot chew gum within 40 feet of an elementary school. <laughs> true. Yeah, I said true, Celia. Oh. <gasps> That's... I didn't even hear the whole question. No, you just honestly, I have learned from playing this game enough. If you hear in Alabama, it's you're just chiming. True. true. <laughs> now the French. Okay, so we have to get another one. Yep, here's another. All right, let's get uh, this one. In Delaware, it is illegal to get married on a dare. Andrew, I'm gonna go with. Um, true, just because Delaware's been around forever. You're a winner! <gasps> Yay! I came in second, so... Well. Do you guys want me to sing a song from Spelling Bee? <laughs> <laughs> um, you each get um, a lovely prize. Feel oh my free, goodness! Um, because you did win, technically. <laughs> oh, I'm the 12-year-old. You've slept almost four years. <laughs> so they each have won a beautiful greeting card tailored exactly to them. <laughs> For my daughter-in-law, on her on your birthday, you're special to me, not just for bringing happiness into my son's life, but into my life as well. Hey, 12-year-old. <laughs> Did you know that since you were born, your heart has beaten about, uh, that's a lot of times, you've shampooed at least 1,872 times. <laughs> what is this? That's a lot. I need a spark notes to this card. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 14 other facts. It's here also not signed, so you can use it oh, to someone is so else. So helpful for, for, for my for daughter in law. It's in my life. She's coming. <laughs> we'll have to keep it till William turns 12. Till That's 12, right. or becomes a mother in law, whichever comes first. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that is all for our show today. Please remember to subscribe. And if you liked us, write us a positive review, positive only. <laughs> Thanks um, very these much. These really do help. Um, big thanks to my guests, Celia and Maggie. You can find Celia online at Celia KB and Maggie at MKNB and also on her Instagram at Queer Cats Foster, where she shares her adventures fostering kittens and is always looking for a little help if you know someone who needs to either adopt a kitten or you want to contribute to 
the kitties supplies because she is constantly fostering amazing adorable kitties or if you just want to follow along with her adventures it really is the sweetest thing and y'all this is actually the last episode of our first season so thank you so 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 much for listening to say it with me sisters that sounds right. right 